when a manager or HR hears that they need their employee to go on a performance improvement plan, our thoughts immediately go to ways to fire this person. (laughs) But it doesn't have to be that way. Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. to the 17th episode of While We Were Working, Virtual Water Cooler Wisdom presented by Jumpstart HR. At While We Were Working, we help you become a better people leader while getting to know the Jumpstart way. And today, we have a very special episode in store. To recognize Women's History Month, we thought it would be fun to give Joey the day off. And today, we have an all-women host episode. So I'm Summer, your co-host, and joining us today is Maria Thorpe, one of our rock star consultants at Jumpstart HR. So let us know where you're tuning in from by tagging at Jumpstart HR on social media or for our live streamers, drop your location in the chat. So Maria, go ahead and introduce yourself. Thanks, Summer. I'm Maria. I'm a consultant here at Jumpstart. I have been in the HR field for quite a few years. Um, I have my certification and my MBA, and I just love helping small businesses make great organizations. We're so excited to have you on the show today, Maria. Our listeners and our viewers are in for a treat. And in typical fashion, we're going to go ahead and kick off the show with Hilo Buffalo. So, Maria, why don't you share with us a little bit about what that is and share with us your HLB? Yeah, absolutely. So every week we go over our high, low Buffalo of what went really, really well for the week, which is our high, what didn't go so well for the week, which is our low, and then a random fact that we want to share with the world. So my biggest high is working with our clients. They're going through some really amazing changes that's increasing their employee satisfaction and their overall revenue. My low is we have some really nice weather happening, but it's really, really windy, too windy to kind of enjoy it. And then my buffalo is really learning some fun facts regarding Women's History Month. So just a little fun fact here, Women's History Month started out as a general week in California. And then in 1980, President Carter recognized it as a national week. And then in 1987, Congress passed a law declaring March as National Women's History Month. So there's a fun fact. That's your buffalo. Uh, Summer, what's your high-low buffalo? Thanks for sharing that, Maria. You know, it's wild to think that it really hasn't been very long uh, since Women's History Month has been celebrated. And I have a fun fact that I'm going to share in my buffalo as well. But to kick off my HLB Uh, The high of my week uh, was uh, sitting on a jetty and being able to take in just the beauty of nature. And oh my gosh, can we talk about a low? I know our friends in Hawaii and Arizona laugh at the rest of us every year, but like who else is hurting from this time change? I mean, I feel like, oh my gosh, every year 
it seems to get more painful. So that's definitely my low. And my buffalo is also an interesting fact about Women's History Month. And I don't know that everybody is aware that every year um, that we celebrate Women's History Month, there's actually a theme. And uh, the theme this year is providing healing, promoting hope, which pays tribute to women on the front lines of the fight against COVID-19. And it reflects on ending role as healers in society. And I thought, what an honor to have the theme this year. I think that it's very, very relevant and was happy to see that was a theme that was selected for this year. So with that being said, Maria, we're going to keep the show moving along and hop into While We Were Working. And for those of you that are just joining, While We Were Working is our weekly look at news and current events in the people leadership space. So our team takes a look at an article that you may have missed while you are working, and we share it out here on the show. So Maria, why don't you introduce this article and tell us a little bit about why you selected it? Yeah, absolutely. So the article I have for this week is pretty much regarding the IRS guidelines and all those tax information we need to know um, for the end of the year. So just to recap, the article I found was from HR Morning. And it pretty much is talking about how the IRS has updated their FAQs for paid leave under the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. So the first uh, new added FAQ was clarifying if an eligible employer that claims tax credits for wages paid after December of 2021, if they have to report that in box 14, the IRS says yes. And then the other FAQ was regarding information regarding self-employed employees who claimed the self-employed equivalent leave tax credit and get a form W2C. So with that answer, it always depends um, because each self-employer is very different in those scenarios. So when you're filing your taxes at the end of the year, just check in to make sure that you're filing and creating um, any amendments that are necessary for proper reporting. Absolutely. And I appreciate you sharing this, Maria, because I think that when it comes to anything in regards to the IRS, but specifically uh, the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, um, there has been ongoing changes and it's very, very difficult to keep up. And I appreciate that you shared this because I think that it's going to apply to a lot of people. And I do hope uh, that they are consulting with their tax professionals to make sure that one, they are getting the appropriate tax credits uh, for any sort of leave or health insurance coverage that they may have maintained as part of this plan. Uh, but it is very important, not only for the business side and business taxes, but also ensuring that the employees have the proper statements for their records and for filing their taxes as well. So in regards to um, the W-2Cs and the corrected statements, I think that it's important to note that you want to work with your payroll provider or your tax professional to get those issued out if they apply to you. But if you're not certain, we at Jumpstart are not tax professionals. We're HR professionals um, that give HR advice. We encounter situations like this on 
a very frequent basis. And we're happy to work with small businesses to help navigate items in this space or similar space. So if you have questions or you're wondering how this might apply to you, then feel free to hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Maria, did you have anything else that you wanted to add on this topic? I would just make sure you're being proactive. That's that's mm-hmm. all I can say because it's easier to prevent this from happening than going back mm-hmm. and filing an amendment and then sending out letters to your staff. Absolutely. I, I think we've all been there. We've all worked with a client who's had to go through that process. And speaking from experience, not only is it a tremendous amount of work, it can be really frustrating for everybody involved. So best to try to avoid it if possible. Great advice. Now, are you ready to get into Consultant's Corner? Because we've got a pretty big topic here that I'm very, very excited to talk about. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Do you want me to take the lead on this, Summer? Well, uh, let's go ahead and and just do kind of a quick introduction into uh, what Consultant's Corner is. And then I'd love for you to start with your topic. Uh, For those of you that are new and and or uh, joining us, Consultant's Corner is our weekly deep dive into problems, questions, anything that we might be seeing in the consulting space or from our community uh, that you may have asked for us to discuss. So if you're one of our listeners and you have a question or a scenario that you want us to discuss on a future episode, email us hello at jumpstart-hr and put, while we're working in the subject of your email, we promise to keep names confidential and of course our insights honest and open. So Maria, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Yes, Summer. I'm really excited to talk about this uh, this problem or these issues or this topic just because many people kind of get it wrong what these mean. So what am I talking about? Performance improvement plans. When a manager or HR hears that they need their employee to go on a performance improvement plan, our thoughts immediately go to ways to fire this person, (laughs) but it doesn't have to be that way. And when you partner with organizations like Jumpstart, we really put people first. And I love helping um, employees and managers to help their staff to become the best versions of themselves. And that's what an improvement plan can be. So here at Jumpstart, we call them plans for success instead of improvement plans because we want to identify a way for employees to achieve and meet or exceed those expectations you have out for them. Not every employee is going to understand what to do in their day-to-day job. And sometimes they need a little bit extra help on how to do their job. Um, And so these plans for success identifies what success looks like, defining those expectations, and then really create a tool to allow the employee to meet those expectations. And it doesn't have to just be performance related. It could include, do they need additional training? Do they need additional certifications? Do they have to get from point A to point B within a certain time frame? And these plans are well-documented strategies and and 
easy to execute that gives the manager guidance to the employee and that the employee can be truly set up for success. And we want to put a human face when we're providing this type of feedback. So that's like the topic. Uh, Summer, what are some best practices for incorporating in a performance improvement plan? Well, I love that you selected this topic to talk about because I feel like it is truly one of the most common trainings that we do with our clients and really one of the most frequently discussed. And, you know, when you think about small businesses, you know, growing from uh, maybe just a few employees to then hiring their staff that are kind of outside of their initial network of friends and known individuals, there starts to become a transformation in terms of how people and their performance are managed. And unfortunately, I feel like they're too often just left on autopilot. And that's when we typically get involved. I mean, Maria, how often have you heard, oh my gosh, this employee, they're so terrible. Uh, We just need to fire them. Uh, So often, Summer. And I look up (laughs) because it is so often. And And sometimes it's not that they're awful. They just need additional help. But the manager has let this go on for so long that they're just at their end's wits and super frustrated. And then that's when we get a call of holding the brakes of firing somebody and dive deep into the root of cause. Wait, Maria, did you just say that HR is often the one that says, hold on, wait, we're not going to fire somebody? I did. Absolutely. So surprise, surprise, if you're listening, HR is not typically the one wanting to fire an employee. In fact, we are the ones who are advocating these plans for success. So please know um, that if you've had a prior poor experience with an HR team, please know that we truly are genuinely here to help and help with these success. And getting back to your question about some best practices, and how we see this play out with our clients, you know, when we hear that um, an employee is underperforming and they just want to fire them, that's usually when, as you mentioned, we're putting on the brakes and just saying, okay, well, let's wait a minute. What conversations have previously occurred to let this employee know that they're underperforming and have they been given opportunities to improve? And more often than not, that, that answer is no. And so that's where we start to develop these plans and we let the managers know that, you know, it's not ideal and it's definitely not going to create a good company culture if, you know, you're just deciding this person isn't going to work, like just get rid of them. You know, I don't like to compare um, employees to parenting, but there's a couple of uh, similarities here that it makes me think of. It's like, you know, if my kid did something that didn't meet my expectations, I'm not going to part ways with them. I'm going to sit them down and talk about, okay, what happened that didn't meet expectations and what should we be doing differently going forward? And in the case of parenting, you know, you are giving real life examples of how to do that successfully, but also still being understanding that there's going to probably be a couple of speed bumps along the way. And when I think about creating PIPs, it should be very similar. You know, you want to let your team members know expectations are and precisely where they're falling short. You need to provide them examples of what success looks like. And if they're missing tools or they need retraining, 
you need to have the conversations and identify exactly what's going to be necessary to give this individual the greatest chance at success. We also recommend that you have check-ins with this individual to monitor the progress so that you you don't get to the end of the PIP and say, okay, we're done, didn't work, see you later, we went through this process. It should be no surprise. So Maria, when we talk about PIPs that ultimately do let like end in termination, employees should have a really good sense at that point in time what the outcome is going to be. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. It kind of reminds like the plan of success will also help the employee make a realization that maybe that job's not for them. Um, I remember a good story of a friend who always wanted to be a snowboarder, and then she became the realization that it probably wasn't going to happen. And it's very similar with performance. So, um, you know, employees sometimes maybe are not the right fit for that particular job. And I think the best outcome is either... They successfully complete the plan. Change has been made. But the alternative is them recognizing, you know what? This might not be the best job for me. And I appreciate the time that you took to try to get me there. I agree. And that actually brings up one of the points that I wanted to talk a little bit about, Maria. And that is, you know, when we talk about these plans for improvement, we're always focusing on what the employee needs to do, what they haven't done what they should be doing. But I I wanna pause for a moment and also say that managers also have an obligation. First of all, ensuring that they are supporting their team member in this effort and that they themselves have the tools and the training to navigate it successfully. Now we all know managers often become managers without any sort of official training So it's important that those managers who don't quite have the experience or the comfort level with doing these either reach out to somebody in leadership that does have that experience or even better yet, they can come work with us. We'll provide them a tool in terms of a template for this planned success that is crafted precisely for their team culture and organization and we'll train their team on it. And that's just one of the many things that we do here at Jumpstart to help companies navigate their team performance. And you also mentioned, Maria, something very important, and that is giving your improvement plans a human voice. Can you talk a little bit about what you meant by that? Because I think that's an important note for our listeners. Yes, yes. So let's first talk about how we put the human voice into an improvement plan. Well, number one is we're not calling it an improvement plan. We're calling it a plan for success because one of the key things that, you know, Summer mentioned was uh, managers also have a due diligence. And the number one thing is having a commitment to helping the employee to get better. If there's no commitment, then the plan's not going to be set up for success. The set, so that's number one. The second thing is also choosing your wording carefully. When you have this idea of we're setting you up for success, it is an interest of saying, hey, we care about you. We're noticing some 
um, performance deficiencies, but we're going to kind of get you up to speed to where you go. Um, and that's all about the language written in a performance plan. I remember viewing somebody's performance plan and it said, it is very clear that you're deficient in your job. <laughs> what kind of message does that send to your employee? And um, first of all, when it comes down to reviews and performance, people are naturally anxious, they're nervous because at the end of the day, they generally want to do a good job. So when you choose your wording carefully and soften your approach, but not the content and the way you deliver it, it's talking to a human being of like, hey, you know, we talked about um, our sales call goal quotas in February. We talked about it in March. You're just not quite where we need to be. Here's the expectation. Your sales quota needs to be 80% of or higher um, of what the metric is, whatever your metric is for that for that um, task. So now you're just saying, hey, we just went over past conversations and expectations. And the plan for success is just a document recapping what you're discussing and a way to help track it. So there's a section of this plan that says progress updates and you check in, but it's literally having a conversation to help get somebody prepared for success. Summer, what are your thoughts on that? I, I do love that. And I think one of the most important things that you stressed, Maria, is um, using that human voice is truly making sure that you are not only saying, but you are showing your team member that you care and that you want them to succeed. Because trust me, they're going to talk to their peers and they are watching and they are listening on how these things are handled. And that definitely impacts your culture. So the last thing that I wanted to talk about uh, when we talk, when we are uh, discussing these improvement plans is um, in regards to goal setting and SMART goals. And this is um, going to feel kind of fast, but for those of you that aren't familiar with creating SMART goals, when you're creating a performance plan, it's very important. Um, SMART is an acronym. So it's for specific, measurable, achievable, okay, S-M-A, R for relevant, and T for time bound. And if you use SMART goals for writing your improvement plans, it's going to be very precise and it's going to actually um, help identify whether there was actual improvement or wasn't actual improvement. So <clears throat> I, if you want to know more about SMART goals, um, I encourage you to reach out to us. You know, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at we are hello at jumpstart.com. Sorry, hello at jumpstart-hr.com. And we actually have something very exciting. We have a portal that launches in April where we're going to be providing training. So if you're interested in some of the topics that we've discussed on prior episodes or um, how to write a performance improvement plan and other courses, and mastermind groups for HR and people leaders, you will find us community.jumpstart-hr.com. And we look forward to seeing you there. Maria, any last thoughts before we close out the show? No, Summer, I think it was a really great discussion. And 
again, you don't have to navigate these performance improvement plans alone. So definitely call us. Absolutely. And thank you, Maria, for being our guest co-host. It's a pleasure working with you every day, but it's certainly even a greater pleasure to share your expertise and talents uh, with our listeners and viewers. So this concludes this week's episode of While We Were Working. Make sure you tune in on LinkedIn Live for fresh episodes or take the show with you wherever you download your favorite podcast. We'll see you next week and thanks for stopping by. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Got more questions? Then make sure you check out whilewewereworking.com for more tips and resources. Or shoot us a message on social media. See you next week.